Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi everyone, welcome. Really excited to say this is our Women's World Cup podcast, a special edition where we're going to preview some of the groups involved in this huge tournament in France, not too far away, and we can't wait to bring you all the action. So a little podcast to get you all in the mood. Georgie Yeoman-Dale and Amy Chapman join me. Hello ladies. Hello. Hello. I know we're excited, aren't we? Excited to be here. Yeah, can't wait for the World Cup. All right, well, and we can't wait to get all of your thoughts. We're going to go through, today we're going to go through Group D, E and F. So I want to know what you think the big talking points are and uh, what the big issues are and maybe just a little bit about some of the big names because we know some of the big teams, so let's just get into it. Uh, let's talk with, well, we're going to talk Group F first because that has the absolute big guns and obviously kind of household names among many. It involves USA, it's Team USA, Thailand, Chile and Sweden. Amy, to you first, what's going to be the headline for this group? Oh, you can't look past the, the red-hot favourites in the US. They're the powerhouse of women's football and they have been for a really, really long time. So um, I think that the key teams in this one will be the US and Sweden, um, but it, it's going to be some strong matchups to come out early in Group F. What do you think? Oh, the, the headline's going to be USA dominate Group F, definitely. Uh, Sweden will provide a bit of a challenge for them, but I think that they'll come through pretty unscathed. They've always made at least the semi-final at a World Cup. They're the most successful, they've won three World Cups, 91, 99 and 2015. They've scored the most goals in 112, so going to be very difficult to beat. Now, they're one of their opponents is Sweden. Talking about stats and facts, it's uh, the most played World Cup fixture. They've met five on five different occasions um, and there's probably a bit of revenge on both sides and the last time they met was in Rio where Sweden knocked the Americans out, Georgia. Yeah, look, it, it's going to be a big game. It's a big rivalry uh, and both of them aren't going to be looking at where they're sitting in the world rankings. They're going to be looking at how they've gone in the past against one another. So it's definitely going to be one of the biggest games um, of the World Cup and it comes in the group stage. Amy, are they as unstoppable as ever? Are they as, as good as you've seen them? Oh, they're definitely, the US are definitely good, but uh, I think they, they're not unstoppable as such. We've seen recently how they have been beaten even by Australia and a number of teams that have challenged them and really pushed them to the limits. So uh, they are stoppable. Uh, I don't think it'll be in the, the early rounds, but I do think Sweden will, you know, running off those facts that they have uh, stepped up in big tournaments, they've had big games, uh, that'll be a good game to watch. With the US... They're coming in a little bit underdone, in in my opinion. You know, they haven't been getting the results in the last little bit that you kind of expect from a big nation like the US. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how they pull it all together in the group stage. They've got a couple of easier games early on, so they're probably going to be looking to use those games to find their form. And that's where you can come undone at the World Cup. You can't underestimate teams. So I think that they're going to get through the World Cup uh, group stage, as I said, pretty easily, but they're going to ha come up against some challenges probably unexpectedly. Who's going to be the star for Team USA? 
for me, I'm a massive Lindsay Horan fan. Uh, I've seen her, you know, come through the ranks even from 15, 16 years old. Um, and she's an absolute powerhouse. So it'll be really good to see her on this world stage and see what she can do. And Tobin Heath has just got that X factor. It's so cool to watch her play. So, you know, they're the key players for me that, that will change the game for them. But I think they'll really come to play later in the series. Can you tell me a little bit about the relationship between the Americans and the Australians? Obviously, we see the league over in the USA, which absolutely flies and, and, and is flourishing. And also the W League, where more and more we're seeing the Americans out here. Yeah, you see all our Aussie girls playing over there in the in the US League, and it's definitely developed our players a lot. Uh, and then you see it reciprocated. The, the US girls are coming over here because the seasons fit so well with each other that you can play in both. Uh, it means that the players for both squads are actually friends now. They've got really close relationships. They know how each other play, so you can kind of uh, prepare yourself a lot better and, and you're, you're playing against your friends. So I think that that'll be a, a big dynamic if we come up against the US later in the tournament. Okay, well, Chile and Thailand, they make up the rest of the group and, and Chile, they're making their Women's World Cup debut, so they want to make a big statement. What are you expecting from the two of those, Thailand in just their second in back-to-back World Cups? I think the Chileans can definitely put up a bit of a fight. Um, I can't see them getting out of this group stage. But And also, I just wanted to note that the progression for Thailand over these past few years has been phenomenal. I've been really impressed to see the style of their football grow and, and to see them at the World Cup again is just phenomenal. Yeah, and I think, you know, we look at Chile. They came over, they played in, in Australia. They actually beat our Matildas squad uh, last November. So they've definitely got the quality there. It's, it's whether they've got the depth. Because at a World Cup you're playing so many games, um, you need to be able to draw upon lots of different players in your squad. That's where they will struggle. So they're going to actually, I think they'll do quite well in the group stage. I don't. I agree with Amy, I don't think they'll get out of the group stage, um, but they're definitely one to watch. And what about Sweden? We expect a lot because you just assume as well, and they have had some really big names in the past. What about now? They've said that the expectations are high on them this time around. They want a better campaign than they've had in, in recent years. Yeah, I think you can't underestimate Sweden. They're in a little bit of a transition phase within their squad. Um, so I, I don't think that we'll see them do as well as they have in previous World Cups, but you can't discount big teams like this. They've got the experience in these big games. They've got a good quality squad um, and they're an exciting team to watch. They've got, you know, everything kind of going. They've got uh, they're tactically really good, they're technically good and they're athletic. So coming up against uh, the USA will give them a good sort of uh, boost of what to expect going further into the World Cup because I can see that they will make it out of this group stage. Yeah, I'm with you, George. Um, I think you cannot underestimate Sweden. They, they've been in the top you know, eight teams in the world since the beginning of female football. So, um, you know, you can't underestimate them. They still do have some pretty big name players playing in some good competitions, you know, over in Germany and a few in France. So they've got some key players that can be game changers. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll still be expect, expecting them to go pretty far. OK, let's have a look at Group D. Four big teams for very different reasons and many things to look out for. England, Scotland, Argentina and Japan. You would say England is the team to watch but you know some of the other teams have got really big history there's going to be some great rivalries and we can't forget Japan's won the thing in the past as well but we'll focus on England first. Yeah Mel what a group here Um, this is probably the group I'm looking most forward to watching there's some massive massive clashes early on Um, England for me will come out top I think England will go all the way Uh, I think they've got a really impressive team Um, all coming into form with a new coach as well so um, 
For me, I think it'll be England, and it'll be a tough tussle, I think, between Japan and Scotland. It'll be really, really interesting to see how Scotland go in a major tournament. Yeah, I'm agreeing with that one. Definitely England uh, is standing out for for me in this pool and also in the World Cup. I'm actually tipping them to be the ones to go all the way and potentially even take home gold, which will be exciting for them. Um, They're missing a few players, though. They're a big-name player out with injury, Jordan Nobbs. So it's a bit sad that they're missing her, but they've got the depth now to actually fill in those spots and it'll be interesting to see how they adjust their squad. Yeah, George, just touching on Jordan Nobbs, that is a huge loss for England. She's a real box-to-box midfielder. She's very creative and they, a lot of their play is designed around her. So what they're going to do, what shuffles they're going to make um, will be very interesting, interesting to see. Not to say they're not short of absolute superstars. I think we might see someone like Lucy Bronze perhaps being taken out of her right-back position, which you know, arguably she's the best in the world at right-back. So do you move her from there and place her in the middle to to do that Jordan Nobbs role. Then you can have a player like Rachel Daly come in. She's got a really good form into right back. So I think it'll go game by game where they play them, but um, I'm really interested to see what Phil Neville does here. Yeah, Lucy Bronze is one of the greats. You mentioned Phil Neville. What about, um, I guess, his addition to the England setup? And on top of that, the, the, the domestic league and how much money England, better late than never, because they were a bit slow when you, when you think of what a powerhouse England is, the amount of money, I think it's about $40 million that they've invested into the women's game in the last couple of years. Yeah, and it shows. You look at the quality of their squad and the results that they're getting, uh, it definitely shows when federations invest money behind their women's teams. Phil Neville's come in and he's done an amazing job. He's actually created belief within this squad. They've got the quality and they have for a few years, but they needed someone to that believed in them and, and made them believe in themselves. Yeah, absolutely, George. And, and you can see from all accounts, they've got a really good culture since um, Phil Neville's come in. Um, and it definitely got in increased attention from, from England. You can see Marketing 101, I absolutely loved how the team got announced, you know, with celebrities, David Beckham, Prince William. I, I think I squealed a little bit. It was super <laughs> exciting to see see that. And it's, it's really made the world stop and go, hey, this World Cup is on and England are a very, very good chance. All right, we've got to keep moving. Japan, as I mentioned... We can't forget that, well, everyone will be looking here at England, but Japan, they've won the thing before and they've injected some youth into their squad once again and they're certainly ones to be wary of. Yeah, look, Japan are probably uh, underestimated a little bit going mm. into this in this tournament, as you said. They were, they were runners-up four years ago. Yeah, as mm. you said, they've always been so competitive at, at... Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. The World Cup at the Olympics. Um, I wonder how much of that is based on sort of what you would call the golden period that they had for a little while there. Um, since the last World Cup, we've seen the likes of Sawa, Miyama, and Ono retire, which is a big loss to the J- Japan national team. So they're in a bit of a rebuilding phase, um, which makes them a little bit more vulnerable, uh, but they've definitely got the the quality in their squad still and they still play a really stylish uh, style of football. 
Um, yeah, so they're definitely ones to watch. Yeah, I agree, George. There's, they've still got some really key players playing really, really well for the, in their club football. We've got some in the US, um, over at Chelsea as well. So, um, And they're very good possession-based teams. So... Honestly, I think Japan, it would not surprise me at all if they come through this group stage. Uh, and in fact, they could possibly top it depending on how things go. I would not underestimate them. Well, George, you talk about uh, the golden period for Japan. In terms of, well, using that term, golden generation, that's what people are saying is what's going on with Argentina and why they've sort of come along and, and qualified, which they haven't managed to do in 12 years. And, and things have changed within the country domestically as well. But their players at the same time are playing in big leagues. Yeah, look, this is a really exciting thing for Argentina um, to make the World Cup as a women's team. They've just, you you were touching on it, they've uh, announced in their domestic league that they're going to make, I think it's eight players from each team uh, fully professional, so they'll be be paid above minimum wage um, or the Argentinian minimum wage. So that's really exciting, you know. Their federation is putting money behind them and now they're coming away to the World Cup. So they're going to be wanting to use this World Cup to continue the momentum that they have going. They want to um, show the federation why they need to keep investing and they've got some really quality players. You touched on it there. They've got Jaimez, uh, who who's a striker for Lyon, who's, you know, playing really quality football. Their issue is their depth and they've got the... the you know, a starting 11 who can compete. Um, so I, th- I can see them with some upset games in the group stage, but they might struggle to go further into the competition just because of that depth. And just touching on that, George, I think the more we see um, nationally-based leagues grow, the more we're going to see the game grow in general. Yeah. You've seen the US and then Australia bringing in their W League, you know, Germany, Sweden. It's not... There's more than one or two places to go and play really high-level football now for females, and I think we'll see that roll-on effect in this World Cup, perhaps for the first time, where we see so many players, so many countries, full-time professional now. So that will really make a difference. Now, rounding out the group with a pretty decent rivalry with England is Scotland. Where are they at? Some of the players have said they've received a real groundswell of support. A lot of people very excited about this team, a lot more attention on them. Yes, talking about England, they were thrashed in the Euros, but they had the injury problems. That was two years ago. Where are they at now? Oh, Scotland's one of the teams I'm very excited to see and perhaps could be a dark horse in this competition. They've got a lot to play for. They've got some unbelievable players. Uh, The irony that they're coming up against England so early um, in in this World Cup makes me giggle. But um, I think there's a few key players. Kim Little, for one, she's probably one of the players that I'm most looking forward to seeing at this World Cup. What can she do in a World Cup um, you know, scenario. She's a phenomenal club footballer. Same with Erin Cuthbert. She's playing some phenomenal football. Uh, Jen Beattie. We've, we've, there's some big, big names in that and they can absolutely beat anyone, this Scottish team. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. And, and going back to Kim Little, we saw her play in the W League and for me, she's one of the best players that we've had play on Australian soil. So I'm excited to see what she can do at a World Cup. And I, I think on the top end, they've got some players that can win this, but I think depth will be their struggle. How many players do they have that can back it up um, after each game in a big tournament like this? I think depth is um, perhaps their biggest hurdle there. Jesus, an exciting group. Just listening to all of that. Can't wait to see that one. What, so that's Group D. Let's move on to Group E now. Canada, Cameroon, Netherlands and New Zealand. First things first, Georgia, what do you think the headline of the group is? I think New Zealand are going to sneak th- Sneak through in third. Oh, big call, George. Big call. <laughs> that is a big one. <laughs> um, for me, I, I think it'll be how good are the Netherlands? They have been phenomenal at the Euros recently, but really mixed results. So um, 
what, what are they going to do at this big tournament? That's, that's the really interesting one for me. What about Canada? They were World Cup hosts four years ago. I was, I think, was, I was in the US watching it, and absolute devastation when when they went out. But uh, this year alone, they, I think they've played six games and conceded just the one goal. So, defensively, anyway, incredibly sound, and they'll be looking to make an impact surely this time round. Yeah, I, I was. I, I think to myself, do do Canada get a caught in the US's shadow a little bit here because they're a quality team and they deserve their own you know, um, space to be spoken about here. I think they will go quite a, quite a way. They've got some key players, and Christine Sinclair, for example, has, um, you know, really been quite clinical in the US League at the moment. So um, they're, they're, they're a very strong team. Yeah, let's just take a minute to talk about Christine Sinclair, what a legend <laughs> she is in female football. 280 appearances for her country and 180 goals. Like, that's just unbelievable. So, to see her going to another World Cup, I think she is going to be on fire. As you said, she's in good form in the US and excited to see what she can do with this Canadian national team. They've got a lot of experience, don't they? Very much so. They've got a few players there with, you know, high 100s or 200 caps. So, it's very exciting. All right, you've already touched on it, but uh, let's talk the Netherlands. They've obviously got some silverware, some recent silverware, which is a, certainly a, a confidence boost, but do you expect them to... Oh, I'll go to you, Georgia, because you've, you've already mentioned it, Amy, but what do you think of the Dutch in that regard? Are they going to be top four contenders? Look, I think that they're going to challenge a lot of teams. I don't think they're going to make it to the top four purely based on their defensive weaknesses they've got a really strong front three they've got you know some of the best players in the world they've got Leek Martins who got world player of the year just a couple of years ago so and and who is in good form going into this world cup it's all good and well and good to be looking at players of what they've done in the past she's in form right now so they're going to hurt in in an attacking sense against a lot of teams um, but it's their defense that I think is going to be their weakness. Yeah, George, their attack, they've got some phenomenal X-Factor players. There's Mia Dima, there's Vanderdonk, and a lot of these players are actually coming off very successful club tournaments with Barcelona, or four of their players have actually uh, just won the Super League in England with Arsenal, so they are reaching form at the right time. It's, it's a tricky one for me because on paper their players could go all the way and win this thing, but they just haven't been, uh, you know, putting it in their performances. So it'll be a real hit and miss for me, but um, I do think they're an X-factor team. Is there any way that Cameroon can be a wild card? No. No, I yeah, I'm on that one. You know, amazing that they've made it to the World Cup. Really exciting for them. I think that they can provide a challenge. Uh, coming up against African nations is never easy. It's a different style of football. They're often strong, they're fast. Um, so it's not a game you want to take lightly in the group stage but I can't see them progressing no. Okay let's move on to New Zealand to round out the group. The new coach, relatively new coach, Tom Samani, someone close to many of our hearts and some more than others others have had a, a bit to do with him. Amy, let's just focus on Tom. Can we just for a moment, obviously one of the world's nicest men and a lot of intel there. So, you know, tell us what do you expect? Absolutely. It's great to see Tommy back on this side of the, the globe. <laughs> um, and it's it's great for New Zealand football. They, they um, Tommy can really create this culture that gets the players believing in themselves, and and it starts from ground up. He can he can build uh, teams, you know, planning five ten years ahead, and I think that's what where New Zealand's at because um, that, they'll do all right in this tournament, but they're looking five ten years ahead. So, what Tommy can bring to that is, um, 
you know, a really competitive environment. He's done really, really well over in the US as well. Mm. So I'll be very interested to see. And, and Tommy is a big tournament coach. Um, that's what he does very well, and, and that's why he's got the job. Um, where do I see them ending up? I think New Zealand can always play well in big tournaments. They always challenge. And, and being an Aussie, we, we're, we back them as well. We can't yeah, help we it. it. Naturally, we do. So um, I, I'm, I'm batting for them, but I don't see them getting too far. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree. As I said at the start, I think that they're going to get out of this group stage in one of those best third spots. Um, but then you're coming up against a first place of another pool. So they're going to find it difficult when they're coming up against those other big name um, teams. Again, we've said it with a few of the countries. The The problem for a lot of, pe- a lot of teams is depth. Uh, in the World Cup because you're playing so many games. So New Zealand have a really competitive, you know, starting 11, 12, 13 players. It's how many of the extra players in the squad can they draw upon in big games? Just quickly, no explanation. Who wins it? England. England or France for me. All right, Georgia. Amy, it's been an absolute pleasure. We can't wait to get to hear from you right throughout Optus Sports coverage of the entire World Cup. A quick reminder, Group D kicks off Monday the 10th of June. That is England taking on Scotland. The Group E kickoff is on Tuesday the 11th of June. Canada up against Cameroon and Group F kickoff Wednesday 12th of June. Chile v Sweden. Do join us for all of it. We can't wait for it.